Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of For Pete's Take. I'm Joey Peterson. Today, we're going to be covering a multitude of topics involving Tennessee football. Joining me today is my good buddy and former Dobbins Bennett High School quarterback, Logan Atwell. We're going to begin this episode by hearing his opinions on the not-so-new head coach, Josh Heupel, talk some quarterbacks, and then end it with discussion on the finalization of the offensive staff and your newest Tennessee Volunteers defensive coordinator, Tim Bakes. Logan, welcome. We're so happy that you're on here. I'm really excited to get talking to you today. Uh, so with that being said, let's jump right in. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on Josh Heupel after about a month out of his, out of uh, out of hiring him on to be the newest head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah. So I think when I first saw the news um, that he was going to be our next head coach, if I'm being honest with you, my first reaction was just kind of, eh, okay. Um, didn't really... Didn't really love the pick, if I'm being 100% honest with you, but the more that time has passed, uh, the more the more hype is kind of built for me around that pick, simply because uh, when we compare Hypel with Pruitt, for example, uh, Jeremy Pruitt coming in a few years ago uh, had the hype behind being a product of Saban, uh, being at Bama, and when we think of products of Saban, we think of Jimbo Fisher, uh, Kirby Smart at Georgia. Uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss now and the success that he's had there and FAU before that. Um, and so we, we think about these guys who are really, really tearing it up in college. And uh, so I think that there were a lot of, there were a lot of, there was a lot of stigma put behind the Pruitt hiring just because of where he was coming from and the success that he was having as their DC there at the time. Um, and so with this new pick with Hypel and Coming from UCF, again, uh, Scott Frost being there before him and the success uh, the success Scott Frost had before he went to Nebraska. Um, Danny White being there, which I think was a great uh, a great AD hire, by the way. But um, having Danny White there and coming off the success of Scott Frost and still being able to, to pick that up and, and take that and run with it uh, pretty well, I think is huge. And not having the expectations of being a Saban product or – um, the expectation of coming from Alabama to a program like Tennessee, uh, I think that not having those expectations allows him to really expand on the what the Tennessee fan base is really hoping for or wanting in their co- in their coach, which is huge. I agree, and it's it's funny to think about that. Just <laughs> maybe even a year ago, and and even when Pruitt got here, a lot of Tennessee fans were already worrying about the future with <laughs> with. Um, the possibility of Alabama going after Jeremy Pruitt after Nick Saban retires and has so much success at Tennessee, which obviously it didn't pan out that way. Um, but it's just actually kind of crazy to think about what being a coach under Nick Saban does to your resume, what it does to your uh, fans' expectations when you get hired on. And and Hypel really has no big expectations. Um, and honestly, um, it's really exciting to see. We Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Um, now part of that's exciting, part of that's frustrating because you have people um, kind of ragging on him, dogging on him, um, thinking this is just another terrible hire, um, which it possibly could be. Very well, we could be doing this whole coaching search in three years, but it comes down to the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen. So hearing people hating on Josh Heupel, um, hating on this hire, uh, kind of upsets me um, because, yeah, nobody knows. Uh, Nobody knows if he's going to be good. Nobody knows if he's going to be bad. And I think that's good for Tennessee fans, that they don't have any uh, huge expectations coming in this hire and that, that they won't be just absolutely let down um, and by such a uh, such great proportions like they were with Pruitt. Um, 
And Heupel, again, is a guy who can do um, with the offense what Pruitt wasn't able to um, and what Butch Jones wasn't able to. And that's exciting. I think that gets all fans excited. So speaking of that offense, we got a big quarterback situation going into to 2021, something that we were hoping that at the end of this season uh, was not going to be a discussion because of all the quarterback drama that we've had in, in years past with Jared Garantano and and things like that, which I'm not even going to get into because I've done that before. Um, but coming up to looking at this next season, we've got three options for quarterback at Tennessee, really. Um, four if you add Brian Maurer, but I don't think many people are really discussing him. Uh, there's Harrison Bailey, the four-star kid out of Georgia, who's a freshman this year. Um, started, I think, the last three games for Tennessee, um, but didn't really live up to the hype that he had going into his freshman year. Um, there is Hinden Hooker, a transfer from Virginia Tech, who's had a year and a half of starting quarterback experience in college football. And then Caden Salter, new kid on the block from Cedar Hill, Texas. Um, he early enrolled. This is his first semester here. He's in the 2021 class and will still be a freshman next year. So, who do you think, if you had to guess, um, will be our starting quarterback in 2021, and, and why would you why would you say that? For me, if I were Heupel or any of the offensive coordinators, any of the offensive staff guys, uh, my gut would go Hendon Hooker, simply because of the experience that he has. And I say that because, not, not that I don't think that Harrison Bailey is a good quarterback or that Caden Salter is a good quarterback, because I think both of them are. If they weren't, they wouldn't be here. But I think that with a new offensive system, with a new head coach, with a new AD, with simply a new entire football staff than what we had last year, I think really having a guy with uh, a good amount of experience like Hooker has uh, will play huge dividends. Um, With that being said, even though I would have Hooker at number one right now, uh, I think spring practice this summer, or this spring and the spring game, summer practice, all that stuff that they have leading up to August and September is going to be huge, determining um, really what Harrison looks like, what uh, Caden Salter looks like, and really how that shakes out, because who knows? We have no idea. Uh, Caden could come in and just absolutely tear it up, be QB1 starting in September. Um, for me, though, I would go Hooker because of that experience. Uh, but at the same time, if I'm an offensive staffer, especially the quarterback coach or something like that, I'm telling those guys, compete your butts off because who knows right now, we it's wide open. Um, and then for Brian Maurer, that's a good point that you bring up that not a lot of guys talk about him. This might be a bold move, bold take, but I would try moving Brian Maurer to slot receiver because I think he has good speed and he, he has size. I mean, he's 6'4". Yeah, he's big. 6'4". Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe gain a little bit of weight. I think he's only like 185, 190. So maybe gain a little bit of weight there so he can uh, withstand some hits from linebackers and safeties and you know those guys who are going to be coming across the middle. But, um, man, put him at slot. Use that speed. Find a way to put him in the game. I think he, I think he has too much speed to be sitting on the sideline personally. But uh, Hooker would be my number one guy. Um, and I'd tell those guys to compete every day. Yeah, what scares me about Hooker, honestly, um, is is two things. I don't think um, – I'm really scared that he is just another Jarrett Garantano. Um, I don't think that Virginia fans, Virginia Tech fans, were too sad when he left. Um, and the other day, just for no reason, about 12 o'clock uh, at night, I was like, I'm going to do a deep Hinton Hooker dive. Watched about – Probably five or six YouTube videos. Read probably ten articles about him, um, and a lot of the a lot of the articles um, 
kind of said the same thing that he, he struggles with accuracy um, and he struggles with decision making, all things that Tennessee fans have had to endure for the quarterback uh, for the past couple years in Jared Garantano. And so it really scares me that uh, he's going to come in here and, and everybody's going to be so excited about him because they watch his highlights on YouTube and they see how fast he is and how electric he is and how he can make plays with his feet and, and that he can make. Gosh, he can make anything happen with the football. Uh, but it scares me that it's going to be the same thing uh, where there's a guy wide open 12 yards down the field and he just overthrows him. Um, and I think that he has a lot to prove. And and that's the thing that I love about Heupel is that he's had such a good history of developing quarterbacks. Um, and I think that's great for Caden coming in as a freshman that he gets to work directly with Heupel um, for hopefully his whole tenure here. I think that's great for Harrison. I think that he missed out on a lot of development over this past year because of COVID and he missed a, um, he missed a spring practice. He missed summer. He missed all these things because of COVID. And, and so I'm so excited to see all that he can uh, be, all that he can be developed to, uh, to become. If I had to guess who the starter would be, Man, it's hard for me to say. Um, I just got to go with my gut. I would honestly say Bailey, um, just because I think um, I think that he is. When you look at this Tennessee program, I think he's the guy that this program wants um, to be at quarterback. Now it is different. You're right. There's a whole new staff, basically cleaned house um, than all the guys who recruited him. Uh, I think he has the potential. Um, to, to be this guy. Now, it will be different under this fast-paced offense because he's not a super mobile player, um, which uh, you might need to be a mobile player in this offense. Um, but if I had to put money on it, I would, I would guess that he's the starter running out with the team uh, in August. But nothing is for certain, and this spring and this summer is going to tell a lot. So we've talked about this before, and I've heard your um, opinions on JT Shroud. Um, I've heard how high you are on him. Um, and kind of what the loss of J.T. Shroud over this offseason has kind of meant to you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, how you thought J.T. would have done with this offense uh, in this next season. Yeah, so J.T. Shroud was my guy um, if he would have stuck around, if I'm being honest with you. And that's nothing against Harrison or Brian or any of the guys coming in. Um, I just really, really thought J.T. Shroud had a good long ball. And uh, I think that that's, that's key in any offense. I mean, um, when we look at stats from last year in the games that Harrison Bailey came in, and uh, don't get me wrong, this is not me trash-talking Harrison Bailey at all because I think he's an elite football player. Um, but when we look at the stats, you know, the games that Harrison Bailey was in, uh, whether that's Florida, Vandy, um, A&M, playing a- uh, against A&M for a little bit, he he would be 5-for-5, 6-for-6 passing, but he would only have – 35, 40 yards passing, and that's that was generally because he was hitting, you know, crosser, crossing routes and um, some of the shorter throws that you make on the field. And while that's good, while it is good to be able to complete those passes, and and really it's essential to be able to complete those short passes as a quarterback. At the same time, it's good to be able to just sling one deep. And uh, I think we saw that in JT against A and M uh, when he hit that deep ball for a touchdown in the either first or second quarter. Um, and so that's what excited me the most about him. And I, I think that that's probably why he would have been my number one had he stuck around simply because I think he did have a pretty good deep ball um, and he could have faceted his game around that. However, kind of like what you were saying, this is a big, big summer, big season for Harrison Bailey because I don't think, and this could have been offensive system last year, 
uh, or, or a multitude of other things, but I don't think that we got to see all of what Harrison Bailey is because Harrison Bailey's not going to just sit and throw dump offs all day long. Um, he's going to want to throw those middle of the middle of the field throws, you know, digs, um, reading the the linebackers and the safeties, trying to put a ball in between the linebackers and safeties. Um, so he's going to want those opportunities, and I think this is a really good year for him to prove that um, and prove that he has those strengths and that ability. Uh, but yeah, I think I think this is a big year for him. But JT would have been my guy because of his long ball at this point in time. I agree, and I think that. Um... When you're looking at, like you said, his his consistency, but his consistency with shorter throws, and and he would go six for six, but have 35 yards, stuff like that. Um, I would argue that's definitely more of a scheme issue. Um, heck, Jim Cheney was our offensive coordinator last year, and everybody knows how I thought about Jim Cheney. Was not a huge fan at all, um, and I don't I don't think that we allowed Bailey to do all that he could do. Um, I think that we limited him a lot. You saw him go into that Arkansas game. And first of all, um, there was one uh, one camera shot, camera angle, where he just looked wide-eyed and freaked out. Um, I mean, he's an 18-year-old kid thrown into his first SEC game. I'd be freaking out. I guarantee you anybody would be freaking out. But he didn't look ready. He didn't look prepared. Um, and I think that's all on the staff. Um, and it showed in the way that he played. It showed in some of the throws he made. And it showed in... Uh, how the majority of his throws were check down passes to Eric Gray. Yep. Um, and it's funny, it's ironic, because he ended that game with the most yards, even though he only played like the last five or six minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, he ended with more yards than Garantano did, um, but the vast majority of those came from getting the ball to Eric Gray and then Eric Gray doing what Eric Gray does best and is, is make plays. Um, and so I really think it was, it was a scheme issue, and I'm excited to see him um, – Without Chris Wanky as his quarterbacks coach, and without Jim Cheney as the offensive coordinator, um, so talking about the offensive staff, we're going to transition because finally the offensive staff has been finalized and announced. Um, much of this we've known um, and has come out over the past couple days, um, but it is announced yesterday officially um, that Cody Burns is our wide receivers coach, Glenn Ellerby is our offensive line coach, Alex Galesh is the offensive coordinator and the tight ends coach, Joey Hazel is the quarterback's coach, and Jerry Mack is the running back's coach. So when you take a look at this staff, what are some first thoughts about our new um, offensive team? Um, so I've looked up a few of these guys. Uh, again, I think this is a situation where I'm not – very familiar with a bunch of these guys, but just in looking up uh, some things about them, it's it's really intriguing me. I think Joey Hazel is the guy I've looked up the most. Again, he's the quarterback coach, so I was naturally drawn to kind of seeing what he's about. Um, played at Oklahoma, uh, was the backup to Sam Bradford back when they went to the national championship against Florida in 08. Um, and he's had quite a bit of experience. He Before he was at UCF, he's coming from UCF, so w- was with uh, Heupel at UCF the past couple years. Uh, but before that, if I remember correctly, he was at um, – he was either at Oklahoma or no, he was at Iowa State. That was the that's where he was. I think it was either him or Galesh that was at Iowa State, and I think that's huge because if we look at Iowa State, um, we look at Iowa State now, and I'm telling you, man, here in the next couple of years, Iowa State's going to be the real deal. I think they're they're building a uh, they're building a really good program. Matt Campbell was my number one absolutely wish for, for absolutely, um, and so I think that having that experience. Um, you know, whether that's at Oklahoma, because even if we're talking about his time at Oklahoma, he was 
being coached by Bob Stoops, who is a very, very good coach. Uh, one of the best coaches that I've watched coach in my lifetime, in my opinion. Um, and so I think having him here and, and really knowing what Hypo likes and doesn't like since he's been on his staff the past couple years is huge. Because having that experience with him and knowing what Hypo sees in defenses, knowing what he wants to execute on offense and how he wants to take advantage of different defensive schemes, uh, blitzes, whatever it may be, I think that's big time. And so I think that overall, I think that um, that we did really well. I think we did really well in all honesty with how we've put this team together and how we put these pieces together uh, because there's been a lot of hype on social media about guys that we've got. Um, and I've seen a lot of things from former players about guys that we've got, whether that's offensive or defensive, and I'm sure we'll get into the defensive side of things here in a little bit. But I think that seeing former players and, and seeing guys who – we're at this program and who are still invested in this program getting excited for those guys is really big for us. I think that's going to be huge in how we can carry momentum here in the next couple of years. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, partly about some of these guys being with um, with Hypo before, and that's the case for three out of the five of them. You could argue four out of the five because wide receiver coach Cody Burns was on his way to UCF uh, for this next season and then um, got out of that contract and followed Heupel again to Tennessee. Um, the only coach on the offensive side that was not with Heupel before this is Jerry Mack. But Hazel, Galesh, and LRB were all at UCF before this. And, and some Tennessee fans might hear that and might get upset about it, but I asked that same Tennessee fan, why does that upset you? You look at UCF's offense, and we've talked about the numbers on this podcast before, but they were top five in just about every single category there was, whether that's rushing yards, passing yards, scoring, anything you name it. They had an incredible offense, and yes, they did it, do it in the SEC, um, but a lot of these guys were with Heupel at Mizzou um, as well, and so these guys have done it before in big places, and I don't see why uh, this offensive staff can upset you. Um, I think that it's great that Hypel brought his guys because his guys, like I just said, have gotten success with him. Um, he's had them everywhere he's gone, and he's had offensive success everywhere he's gone. So, yeah, they might not be big names. They might not be recognizable faces. But I think they're guys that Hypel trusts, and they're guys that um, are proven that when they work with him, the offense gets results. So I'm just excited to see that. And also, taking a look at their contracts, um, it's not much. It's it's not a lot of money. And I think that's great because we owe UCF a lot in buyout for Heupel and also in uh, also for Danny White. But you look at this uh, this team, and offensive line coach Glenn Ellerby is making 750000 through 2023. Tight ends coach, um, uh, an offensive coordinator is making seven hundred fifty thousand a year through January twenty twenty four. Now, he is the offensive coordinator. That is his title. He will not be calling plays. I uh, I presume that Hypo will be the one calling plays, which is what I want, and I think what a lot of yeah. Tennessee fans want. Um, but look at our last offensive coordinator, Jim Chaney. We paid him one point six million dollars a year, and now we're paying Galesh seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. So yes, we had to pay. Um, we had to pay Jim Chaney a buyout, but still, that is 
about a million dollars a year cheaper, which signed me up. I would have just paid a million dollars of my own money to get Cheney out of this program. And then wide receiver coach Cody Burns earning three hundred thousand for his first year, four hundred fifty thousand in his second. Um, Jerry Mack is earning four hundred thousand. Uh, let's talk about Jerry Mack for a second. I think this was an awesome hire. I think he was uh, one of the coaches at Rice. I believe he was the offensive coordinator at Rice before he signed on as our running backs coach. Um, that really excites me. He's a guy that is just a position coach, but has had coordinating experience. Um, and I think that he's a guy that can bring a lot of recruits with him um, and a lot of uh, positive attitude with him, a lot of uh, a lot of success with him. And then, of course, quarterback coach Joey Hazel, $350,000 a year through February of 2023. So all this staff, like I said, not big names, not big paychecks, but hopefully big results um, that they've had in the past. And it, it makes me very excited. So that's the offense. Um, and it's it's a side of the ball that's going to be under a microscope over this next year because of all that Hypel's been hyped up um, about offensively. But finally yesterday, it was finalized after about a three-and-a-half, four-week, month-long search that the Tennessee Volunteers have found a defensive coordinator, and that is Tim Banks. He was recently at Penn State where he served as co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. Um, so let's get to know who Tim Banks is, um, what his track record has been, um, he played football at Central Michigan uh, for four years. He was a cornerback there. Um, and then after that, he GA'd at Bowling Green, bounced around from Bowling Green to Memphis. Um, and then in 2003, he got hired at Maryland um, and worked there for four years as their defensive backs coach and inside linebackers coach. And then he got hired on to his alma mater at Central Michigan to be the defensive coordinator. He was there for two years um, and then went to Cincinnati for two years. I was the co-defensive coordinator there. Then got hired at Illinois, was the defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach. And then got hired on at Penn State in 2016 and served as the co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach until 2020. What are initial thoughts about Tim Banks joining this staff? I love this. I love this hire. I think this is a great hire. Um, and the biggest reason why I think that is uh, because of the reaction that I saw from James Franklin, who is the head coach at, uh, at Penn State right now. So James Franklin, um, if I'm sure that a bunch of Tennessee fans are very well, uh, very familiar with James Franklin because he was the head coach at Vanderbilt a few years ago when they beat us probably like, t- I think, two, three years in a row maybe. Um, kind of had our number. But James Franklin, I think, uh, I think he is a great coach. Penn State may have not had the best year. I think James Franklin is, is an elite coach. And uh, to see him say the things that he said about Tim Banks as he was leaving is very, very encouraging to me. Um, so James Franklin was also on the Maryland staff at one point in time, and that's where he and Tim Banks first met, I'm wanting to say. Yes, it uh, is. So they had experience at Maryland and Penn State most recently. Um, and so, man, I think – I think this is a huge hire. I really think this is a huge hire. I think, honestly, with all the hype around Hypel being good with quarterbacks, which we need, the most important position on a football field is the quarterback position. Um, with as much help as we need there and with as much aid as I think Hypel can bring with that, uh, my biggest concern was being too offensive-oriented and not having enough focus on the defense. And so anyone that I was talking to about this, I've been telling them the biggest hire we'll make is our DC. 
And I think that having Tim Banks as our DC and having guys like James Franklin say the positive things that we've seen, and man, it gets me excited because I think that's a great hire and it's going to bring a lot of those guys who might have been on the fence, kind of bring them back towards us rather than going somewhere else. It was a long process and I think at the end it was a great hire as well. Um, but you look at this process and and uh, Josh Heupel got hired um, around, I think it was late January, mm-hmm. I think three weeks ago about um, – and there have been so many names tossed around as defensive coordinator. Um, last week, Heupel thought he was zeroing in on Al Washington, kind of announced that the uh, staff should be announced or the defensive side of the staff should be announced uh, early last week. And Al Washington got offered a lot more money by Ohio State um, and decided to stay. And Tim Banks was a guy that I think Heupel um, kind of talked to in the beginning of this process, but Tim Banks originally said that he wanted to stay at Penn State, and I think that we circled around after we talked to some other guys and, and made some other offers and got turned down, and um, and we circled around Tim Banks, offered him a little more money, and hey, he's here now. Um, but I think when you think of that, uh, look at that decision by Tim and look at that decision by a lot of the guys we talked to about not coaching in this uh, for this team, not being the defensive coordinator. I think it stems from uh, the sanctions that we have coming up, obviously. I think it stems from the transfers that we have in the transfer portal currently with Quaverius Crouch and Henry Toto. Um, and I think the biggest part is is learning how to be a defensive coordinator for this offense. This offense is fast. Uh, this offense is high-flying. Um, this offense doesn't give your defense a lot of rest. With Hypo, the way that this offense will run is, is we'll either score quick or we'll go three and out quick. Um, either way, the defense is going to be back on the field fast. And so um, it's, a, it's a tall task for any defensive coordinator that takes on this job. Um, it's a lot of conditioning for this defense. Um, it's a lot of just a new look because the way that this Tennessee offense ran in the past was um, it was kind of had a lot of time of possession. Uh, we ran the ball a lot. We had, um, yes, we had a lot of three and outs, um, but... When we did have the ball, we had it a long time. And so this is just going to be a whole new look for his defense. But I think Tim Banks is up for the challenge. When you look at his uh, coaching resume, when he was hired on at Cincinnati, their first year, they were 68 in defense. After his second year there and last year there, they were 17th. When he went to Illinois, they were 80th in defense. And when he left, they were 23rd. When he went to Penn State, they were 25th in defense. And then they were 10th, 11th, 10th, and 14th. Yes, that all wasn't 100% because of him, but he was at every single one of those programs when they got better, and that really excites me. And I think this was just uh, important because now he can go in there, talk to those guys who are in the transfer portal, talk to all those defensive players, and and let them know what it's about. Do I wish this hire would have been made earlier? Yes, of course I do. I think every single fan does, um, but it's made, and that's the important part. And so now we're going to be looking over these next couple days, seeing who else he brings on um, to join him with this staff um, to be his position coaches. Uh, we just got Rodney Garner um, for our defensive line, which I think is great for recruiting, great for a lot of things. Uh, talking about recruiting, he's got a lot of – uh, Big Ten ties. He's got a lot of Midwest ties, uh, a lot of Detroit ties up in Michigan. Uh, what are your thoughts on recruiting when it comes to Tim Banks and uh, his possibilities with this team? Yeah, so like you said, big, uh, big, big Ten ties, which I think is huge. We can bring some of those guys who 
uh, maybe eyeing Penn State, maybe eyeing Ohio State, some of those guys. I mean, even with Al Washington going back to that hire, we saw Ohio State putting up a huge fight to keep Al Washington from coming here. So seeing that um, kind of makes me feel like that we have a stronger chance now to pull some of those Big Ten guys than we were before. Uh, maybe take some of the guys who are thinking Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn State, some of the big schools up there and bring them down here. Um, so I think recruit, recruiting is huge. Um, the more that we can recruit guys from uh, from from the places that we really haven't been able to reach over the past couple of years, uh, I think will allow us to have more options to uh, really kind of re-identify this team, um, which I think is going to be big time. Another guy that I really enjoyed that we picked up, and this isn't D.C. or anything like that, um, is Director of Football Relations Scott Altizer. And I love this hire because he used to be at Tennessee. I'm, I'm wanting to say it was like early 2000s Altizer was here. And um, I don't know if you follow, like Jason Swain used to play tight end here um, back in like 04, 05, right around then. Uh, guys like that, all of them have been saying that this guy bleeds orange and white. Um, and so I think having, you know, kind of going back to the whole recruiting topic, having a guy like that, who is a, a big football operations position here is another huge way that we can bring in guys. Cause if you have that guy who's directing that and he, he loves this university, just absolutely loves Tennessee football, what it is, what it does for this place, man, that, that'll get you hype. I know for me, if I was on a, if I was on a recruiting visit, say I'm a, a defensive lineman um, and I come in, I see Tim Banks get to talk to him and talk to him about why he left Penn State, why he comes here. If he sells me a good pitch, I, I meet Scott Altizer, see what he thinks about the orange and white and how much he loves it here, I'd be sold. I mean, think about it. Neyland Stadium, you've got Tim Banks coming from the Big Ten who can absolutely sell you on SEC over Big Ten. You've got Altizer who's been here before, loves Tennessee, loves Knoxville, uh, loves everything about the orange and white. I leave that feeling a heck of a lot more comfortable being here than I was when I got here. So I think that we've picked up huge pieces, whether that's defensive side of the ball, whether that's just operations side of football things here. I think we've picked up positions and pieces that is just absolutely crucial to bringing guys in. That's definitely going to be something to look for over these next uh, couple weeks is, is the development of this 2022 class. And we just signed the 2021 class. It seems silly to talk about this next class, but that's just kind of how football, that's how recruiting goes. These guys never stop recruiting um, because there are important players in every single class that this uh, this program, this team needs. Um, so some other things to look forward to is is Big Cat Bryant. What is his deal? Uh he was a guy who committed to Tennessee um, before Pruitt got fired, and then when Pruitt got fired, he deleted his commitment post. But he also played um, high school football for Rodney Garner, loves him, played with him at Auburn. And so you like to think that us hiring Rodney Garner on the defensive line, um, that that might sway Big Cat to uh, come to Tennessee um, but Lord knows what he's going to do. Nobody really knows at all. Another thing to look for is uh, 2022 uh, four-star quarterback Ty Simpson. He will announce his commitment. Um, it was supposed to be this Friday, but he postponed it to next Friday. So be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, be on the lookout for the completion of this defensive staff um, and then the completion of the total football staff for your 2021 Tennessee Volunteers. Well, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Logan, thank you so much for coming on. Join me. This was a blast. Um, you guys let me know what you guys thought of this episode, suggestions uh, for what I could be doing better, um, suggestions for things I could talk about. 
Let me know if you liked Logan. We're, we're, uh, you'll probably be hearing a lot more of him over this next year or so. Um, and just, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and for listening. You guys have a great day. Go Vols.